16, 17 years, something like that, where the chairman moved the ground across from, it was a uh, Lansom Fried, little Welsh village. So, um, Total Network Solutions, there'll be a lot of people who know the, the famous Jeff Stellan quotes on the uh, soccer Saturday book. The results from the JT Hughes Mitsubishi Welsh Premier League. Everest with two, Rill two, Newtown two, Total Network Solutions five, Port Talbot one, Connors Key one, and lastly Port Maddock three, Welshpool Town nil. Dancing in the streets of Total Network Solutions again this evening. Five goals away from home. Fantastic, fellas. It's never going to change, is it, in terms of the work, the, the yeah. workload? Yeah. Well, I think the reality is it, Goffey, is, is if you're not doing it, someone else, someone will be. What sets you apart from everyone else? There's no easy, there's no easy rides in coaching. Mm. That's one, mm. that's one profession. You know, you might be a plumber. You can, you can hide in the, can hide in the bathroom if you work for someone else. Say this wasn't right. You can play an electrician who got this in the way, and you can, mm. there's no one else to blame. It's there, clear as day as a coach. Well, the world's a different place in the 90s, 2000s, and I think what we're doing now, or hopefully what is happening now, you know, we're normalising this idea of, okay, the first thing you've got to do is accept, I'm not great at this. You know, 20 years ago, I think it would have been even impossible to say what you've just said, I'm not great at this. Just wouldn't have said it. And in time, as we go forward, we'll probably get better at managing ourselves, and as a profession, we'll probably get better at managing some of these pressures that we have to deal with, right? The fact that we're even sat here now, having this, you know, we've got you on, you, you, Sarge, to me, what represents everything good about a real football person, right? Live, breathe, in your blood, play the game, coach the game, live the game 24-7. And if you can turn around and say, yeah, i got to get better at this. I'm not as good at this as I'd like to be. I understand that this game takes a hell of a lot of my life and my impact and my energy. And I want to be better for my family and I want to be better for myself. And I still want to be in the Champions League. Then you are now making it okay for everybody else listening to think wow yeah because you don't have to give up on your dream and you don't have to give up on your vocation and you don't have to not strive to be where you want to be but but you can maybe do it better i think going back to those days it was just a couple of coaches really young used to say just do the right things and do the work and just little simple things like that there was one coach who used to say all the time if it was easy everyone would be doing it in terms of a player he was he used to say there's all your um, there's all your schoolmates in play for Everton. And I was like, well, no, they course, of course they don't know. Well, yeah, because it's not easy. So I, I don't think you can be a coach if it's not if you don't feel it properly. If you're not if you're not one hundred percent invested in it, you're not going to get through. You're not you're not going to get anywhere. You're wasting your time. You're one hundred percent wasting your time in coaching. What it, what makes a good assistant coach for those out here in the American market or maybe further afield? And what is a good assistant manager? get around all the individuals i'll have a minute at some point tomorrow i'll have a minute or two with 10 people where, where are the coaches getting it right where's the balance because we can't i i think we've moved on from the from the idea of well just shout and scream at these kids and tell them they're rubbish until they develop enough grit and everybody falls out of the program until the strong rise to the top and they become professionals like that's you know we're, we're no longer there where where is it where's the line where are people getting this right and how do they get it right 10 years i was in the academy and, and you kind of you're a product of your environment really aren't you i think those those situations and those kind of role models back in the day of, of what what who you you know make you what you are as, as if as it were so you can tell when someone walks in a room and they are authentically themselves. Like, now, don't get me wrong. If you don't have the knowledge, if you don't have the background, if you don't have the qualifications you have, if you don't have the experience, 
if you haven't prepared like like you have for the last however many years, right, then you can't even be in the room. But once you're in the room, it's the most successful people that engage with the most people that I see are the ones that are closer to their authentic self. And you do that. And it must be hard. They tell us how hard it is to walk that authentic line because people don't do it. They just put a version of themselves out there that they think is what they want or they think will get them a job or they think a player wants to hear. And I want to talk to the young people coming up or the aspiring coaches to try and encourage them to stay within that authenticity, you know? You've got to get the balance right of, yes, you've got to do tick all these boxes to get this license and, and this license. And well, you, well yeah, you, you do. You, you have to do that. You have to do that. But you've got to put your own spin on it. You've got to put your own personality on it. You can get the detail right. You can get the technical aspect. Obviously, football's changing. such just huge physical elements because there's so many transitions, etc., etc. I get all that. But people, yeah. And, and that's that's one thing that, you know, you can't lose a TNS, especially. One of the reasons I want to speak to you so much, mate, you're one, of the, you're one of the most authentic people I've ever met. Like, you are you. You are so confident in who you are and you're so knowledgeable and you don't have to put on a side. And I imagine players will run through brick walls for you because of that. So how? what would you say to those aspiring coaches and even coaches working in the game who might not feel like they are those their own authentic self? Well, what I think I'd say one thing I am getting better at is is obviously you've got to oversee things, you've got to you've got to manage people, you've got to manage coaches. You know, you question you question whether people want it as much as you, or got a lot better at that over the last probably year to eighteen months. If they don't want to do it, they don't have to do it. At some point, they need direction. You know, you have to put things in place, and if they're not going to do it, they're not going to do it. So I've got a lot better at that. If I can delve into that just real quick, mate, when you are at the edge or on burnout or you you know that it's been a particularly tough time and you, you won't drop your standards for a second and you know this work needs to be done and you know you need to put in these hours you said you're better now at noticing that are there anything you do yourself like in those moments are you aware that you like manage it now better or or do you still not manage it well because you you have no choice you know you have no choice but to be you you know Coffee, it's a good question, mate. You got me. Um... <laughs> maybe, maybe I finally found something in football I could do, mate. <laughs> <laughs>
worked in professional clubs as well all his career. And this one, really delighted to welcome Christian to the podcast. Welcome, mate. All right, Goffey, mate. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. I think there's a lot of people out there, mate, are going to be really excited about this one because you come from the real game. Like, you've been in it, you've played, everything about you is football. I just think the insights that you're going to be able to provide for aspiring coaches and players is going to be such a worthwhile investment of their time, mate. I don't really know where to start. I want to get this one right because I know you've got so much information to share. Perhaps we can start at the end with where you are now and then maybe revisit the beginning. But right now, I mentioned in the introduction there about TNS and your role here at TNS. TNS obviously being the most successful club in Welsh football. But I think people need to hear the story as well. They need to know the context behind it. So let's start there, shall we? Yeah, well, as, as you say, mate, it divides opinion a little bit, I think. Yeah, most successful club now in terms of league titles and, and trophies, etc. I think um, the the story the story goes back, uh, I don't know, maybe 15 years, 16, 17 years, something like that, where the chairman moved the ground across from, it was a uh, Lansom Fried, little Welsh village. So... Um, total network solutions. There'll be a lot of people who know the the famous Jeff Stellan quotes on the uh, soccer Saturday. But yeah, uh, that was when it was moved across, and he you know he sold the company, um, and and renamed them, and and the ground as it stands is actually in England. So divides opinion a little bit, and lost a few fans from it as well. Um, back in the day. So yeah, I think there's there's a there's a huge project at the moment. It's it's been there a while. He's he's building a new stand now as well. In relation to the you know the European the European challenge and and getting you know pushing on and kicking on and and getting that group stage which a lot of Irish teams have done Scottish teams so that's where he wants to be now and yeah built a new gym last summer new stand as I mentioned so yeah there's a lot of work going on behind the scenes in terms of the community and trying to engage the, the fan base again and um yeah which is which is a challenge especially moving in a new area mm. uh, but. But yeah, it's a challenge we're all excited to be a part of. And it's as you say, it's a it's a it's a big role, but it's it's, a, it's an enjoyable one, mate, isn't it? Yeah, of course. For those that don't know, mate, the Welsh uh, Premier League is the highest domestic league uh, in Wales that teams can aspire to. And and then for some, perhaps in the North American market and other areas where they're not so familiar with promotion and relegation, you know, this is the highest level of football available in Wales. And as you said, there the team being based in England. Obviously, another country is, is is where some of this, you know, divisive nature comes from. But without getting into that as such, can you talk to us about the success of the team in the Welsh Premier League and, and the leagues that they've won and why they are revered as the team they are in the in the last twenty years? Well, I think going back to then, it was I joined. Um, I think the team had finished fourth when when um, when Mike had a you know a new yeah you know, a new type of investments and and bringing a, a lot more. Uh, younger players in from from across the border, it, as it were. I think there was a there was a crop of us, four, five, six of us who come from, um, you know, some of the best players in the league, and then a few from from top academies. So that seemed to work, and and that blueprint's been been carried on over the last probably 10, 15 years. And I think, um, again with the investments in the new stadium and stuff, it it was it was a selling point for players to come across and and be a part of it. I think. Um, there's a lot of yeah, a lot of the Welsh, you know, media and and fans and stuff weren't happy and and they've got the the stuff to say about Mike and but he's been fantastic for Welsh football, um, it really has it's you know, 
countless leagues, trophies now. It's um it's been yeah, been a couple of years. Connor's key won it back to back, call it the COVID, the COVID years. Um won it twice back to back. So I think, you know, it's been 12, 13, 14 years you know, it's they've won two and then obviously TNS, yeah. The rest yeah. of the last yeah. of the period of the time. So yeah, it's just as I say, it's building that we've got that platform now and, and a really strong squad, what about twenty odd points the last couple of years. Um last two seasons as a system, we've got second highest points total. We've equaled that twice, scored 112 goals last year. So uh, going the right way about it, yeah. And and as I say, it's a little bit of a transition now, mate. It's 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 a little bit of a tricky one where you you're aiming for European football and, and the teams mm. such such quality teams you're playing against, whereas and you you know you need to set up quite quite differently. Whereas in the Welsh Premier League, you you're banked up in someone's half, and you know they're trying to break them down. So mm. we're transitioning a little bit, and it's, it's difficult as a coach. You know, you know yourself, it's it's never easy, but almost mm. playing two different type of styles of football from all season and then in the summer to to you know to try and nick a nick a place in the in the European group stage. But like you say, mate, it's it's there's a huge opportunity there. It's it's. Obviously, being in Wales and that being the top league, you know, it get it gets you straight into the Champions League if you win it. Mm-hmm. Um, for those that aren't aware, it's it's changed slightly over the last two three years of introducing the the, the Conference League now, which which gives you an, another bite at the cherry if you if you drop out of uh, the the Champions League and the Europa League. So it's mm-hmm. you know a bigger opportunity more than ever now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I want to get into this. I definitely want to get into this idea of um, you know the split between the domestic level game you play and and obviously the Champions League qualifiers that you, that you used to play in now. And I obviously grew up watching a number of prominent Welsh teams trying to qualify for Europe. And and you know what TNS is doing, hopefully pushing that boat forward. They're going to be the first team to qualify for the group stages or the Conference League, as you said. So I really want to get into that. The where I, where I really want to start with all this is. How, how do you go about preparing a team when you know, like, your league, you're going to be successful, you know you're going to win more games, you're going to lose. Really, it's probably fair to say that if you don't win the league, that's, you know, that's probably falling short of where you want to be, which is an unbelievable statement to make over a league season. But there's a lot of people here, especially in North America, will 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 identify with the winning and the the dynasty type thing that you build in and the you know the constant expectation. So how do how do you manage that expectation? Let's start there. How do you manage the expectation of having to win every single week, no matter who you play domestically, cups, leagues, whatever, and really starting out a season knowing that you should win it or you you want to win it, you know, and, and it's a realistic opportunity. How do you manage that in yourself, in the staff and with the players? I think it comes from it comes from experience to be honest, Goffey. I think I've been there when it was the time I was finishing playing. It was I, I was transitioning into the head of coaching, and I was a lit. I was they wanted me to be a part of the first team staff, but I was starting that new job as well. So it was it was really tough, and I just found it a little bit too much. So I stepped away a little bit, and um, I saw you know I saw first hand of of that little bit of complacency of. TNS had won maybe was it possibly nine ten on, on, in a row, um, and then that first season was was where 
yeah, where he slipped up and Connors Key nicked him, and it was just a little bit of complacency, a little bit of a of a transition of of players who've been there a long time and not getting the re- recruitment right at that time as well. So there's a little bit of two, those two elements of, I saw kind of firsthand that I've kind of thought every day, day in, day out, that's that's not happening. Do you know what I mean? Well, once we got in there as proper assistant manager now the last couple of years, I've thought that's not happening. So and that's across the board, staff players. Um, and and that experience has probably put me in this position where, you know, just need to do the right things. I go back to I go back a long, long time now at Everton. That was where, you know, came through the academy there. Ten years I was in the academy, and and you kind of you're a product of your environment, really, aren't you? I think those those situations and those kind of role models back in the day of what what who you you know make you what you are as as if as it were. So. I think going back to those days, it was just a couple of coaches really young used to say, just do the right things and do the work. And just little simple things like that. There was one coach who used to say all the time, if it was easy, everyone would be doing it in terms of a player. He was he used to say, Is all your um is all your schoolmates in play for Everton? And it was like, well, no, they course of course they don't know. Well, yeah, because it's not easy. So if it was easy, everyone and that's just stuck with me forever that if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. Um, and I'd say that's 10, 20 fold now as a coach. Do you know what I mean? What sets you apart? What sets you apart as a coach? Have we, have we potentially, are we missing a beat, do you think, Sarge, in terms of, I want to, I really want to get into like when you, when you were a youth player at Everton and you had coaches that inspired you and coached you and taught you all those things that you say, obviously you still hold so dear now, which makes total sense. Have we come away from that a little bit? Is the youth coaching diluted to the point where we don't have that personality or that verve or that that drive in youth coaching now, or or, or are we not? Are we missing a trick? Are we? Is that just a natural order of evolution and how things progress? Because some of the people we've spoken to on the podcast would would kind of suggest that maybe there was that so powerful thing in these coaches that we had that drove us on that we don't really feel comfortable being that way anymore. And there's obviously a fine line. We don't want people shouting and screaming all that rubbish. We're not talking about that. We're talking about experts now. Where do you stand on all that? 100%. I just said exactly the same to you, haven't I, before we started in terms of personality. You've got the personality for something like this, million percent. So it's it's a case of... I think you can come away from it if, if you're allowed. I think... You've got to get the balance right of yes, you've got to do tick all these boxes to get this license and and this license and well, you, well yeah, you, you do, you, you have to do that, you have to do that, but you've got to put your own spin on it, you've got to put your own personality on it. I run a program at TNS, obviously I've put the program in place. I still want that to be a part of it. Um, one of the things I went back to Everton years, uh, six seven years ago, coaching, and then obviously I stopped there because I got this head of coaching job and I heard about. Well, Two years later, that one of the coaches had been had been um, made redundant at Everton, so I went and got him straight away. So that was just a really important thing for me of personality of someone who could come in and create that environment. That's that's exactly what we wanted. TNS, you can get the detail right, you can get the technical aspect. Obviously, football's changing. There's such just huge physical elements because there's so many transitions, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I get all that, but people, yeah, and and that's. That's one thing that, you know, we can't lose a TNS, especially. Where, 
so let's get into it, man. Like for aspiring coaches listening, for people who want to follow in the footsteps, work in the places you work, do the work you're doing now. Where, where are the coaches getting it right? Where's the balance? Because we can't. I think we've moved on from the from the idea of well, just shout and scream at these kids and tell them they're rubbish until they develop enough grit and everybody falls out of the program until the strong rise to the top and they become professionals. Like that's you know we're, we're no longer there. Where where is it? Where's the line? Where are people getting this right and how do they get it right? Because they want to demand standards, they want to support, but they also have to be their authentic self. One of the reasons I want to speak to you so much, mate. You're one of the you're one of the most authentic people I've ever met. Like you are you, you are so confident in who you are and you're so knowledgeable and you don't have to put on a side. And I imagine players will run through brick walls for you because of that. So how, what would you say to those aspiring coaches and even coaches working in the game who might not feel like they are those, their own authentic self? Because you managed to do it. Yeah, um, good question, I think. Yeah, it was just you are who you are, aren't you? I think, one, I think the main thing that always sticks out with me is don't chase it. Don't chase it. I think it'll come. It'll come as it comes. It'll come as it, do the right things, and it'll come as it comes. I think if you start getting ahead of yourself, chasing things, then yeah, I think you can get desperate, and with desperation comes bad decisions, or again, not doing things properly. Um, I've come, yeah, I've come along with. It's been five years in a full time coaching role, and I'm an assistant manager already. So I'd say that you know, doing something right. Um. In terms of that, I think, yeah, it's Goffy, It's a good question, mate. You got me. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe I finally found something in football I could do, mate. <laughs> well, no, seriously, seriously though, like you, I know we've spent a bit of time together, like over Zoom and stuff. And and for me, mate, you can tell when someone walks in a room and they are authentically themselves. Like now don't get me wrong. If you don't have the knowledge, if you don't have the background, if you don't have the qualifications you have, if you don't have the experience, if you haven't prepared like like you have for the last however many years, right? Then you can't even be in the room. But once you're in the room, it's the most successful people that engage with the most people that I see are the ones that are closer to their authentic self. And you do that. And it must be hard. There must be times where even you are like, oh, you know, well, it must be hard. Tell it. Tell us how hard it is to walk that authentic line because people don't do it. They just put a version of themselves out there that they think is what they want or they think will get them a job or they think a player wants to hear. And I want to talk to the young people coming up or the aspiring coaches to try and encourage them to stay within that authenticity, you know? Yeah, but again, it comes from experience, doesn't it? You know, I've been through this a little bit. You know, happy to say it was with, with an ex- Part of this, I've got into coaching. I was with an ex for seven, was it seven years? Seven years in the end, got married and stuff. And then eighteen months later, it didn't work, and it was rock bottom. I had a, it was it was at a time where I was finishing my A license. I was in my last year at uni. I was rebuilding the house, um, and yeah, we had, had bills to pay. So that's where I ended up going back to Everton to start coaching. I'd already had my B license. Obviously, I was on my A license. I was doing a little bit of TNS, but it was. Um, yeah, came out of nothing, nowhere. So I was, it was kind of rock, rock bottom, mate. And those, that, that kind of, yeah, that kind of low in your life. Um, and you, and you're scraping around, and you, you know, you got bills to pay, and, um, yeah, it was tough. It was tough, but it built resilience, and, and it was a case of maybe that's what drives me on so much in terms of you know go too much, 
sometimes with the coaching and, and putting the hours in and you know I've got a new family and stuff and um I take 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 me time to try and to try and you know plan things nicely and stuff but it's never going to change is it, in terms of the work the, yeah. the workload yeah but I think the reality is it Goffy is is if you're not doing it someone else somewhere will be mm-hmm. what sets you apart from everyone else there's no easy there's no easy rides in coaching mm-hmm. that's one mm-hmm. that's one profession you know you might be a plumber you can you can hide in the can hide in the bathroom if you work for someone else say this wasn't right you can blame an electrician who got this in the way and you can mm. there's no one else to blame it's there clear as day as a coach you're responsible there's someone above you looking down on what you're doing every day there's if if you're the main man then there's there's you know there's there's people to answer to and then results results mm. are, are the priority are they and the key so results will speak for themselves I just think there's no hiding place in coaching, and and you get out what you put in, and and you'll get your yeah you'll you'll coach where where your kind of you know personality or qualifications or whatever fits, mm-hmm. um, that's up to you to stay there. Then you'll get a chance. However good a coach you are, you'll get a chance at that level yeah. at some point. You will at some point. You stay there there's a couple of things here because this is the reason why I wanted to do this in the first place, right? The social media world shows us the Instagram posts and the, 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 the Twitter posts and everyone's doing great and everyone's succeeding and it's all wonderful and no one ever makes a mistake and it's all absolute fallacy, right? The reality of my career, your career, everybody's career is in 20 years, there's times when you're out of work. There's 20 years when there's times where you're not where you want to be or you're not doing what you want to be doing. There's times when you're up against it and only you believe, as you've just said there. There's only times when other people have a, a say in whether you're successful or not. Might not even come down to what you're doing, right? For people looking on who want to get into this industry, people who are in, in, in the industry, what's the advice to them? What do they need to know before they say, I'm going to devote my life to being a, a football coach? Because I think at the start, and I was probably guilty of this, at 18, 19, you're like, oh, I'm going to be a football coach. That's what I want to do. I don't think I had any idea what impact it was going to have on my life, on my personal life, on the next 30 years of my life, whatever it might be. Like, what advice you give to those starting out or in it and feel like it's all just going off left, right and centre? What advice you give to those people? Man? I think... You can, I don't think you can be a coach if it's not if you don't feel it properly if you're not if you're not one hundred percent invested in it you're not going to get through you're not you're not going to get anywhere you're wasting your time you're one hundred percent wasting your time in coaching um I'll 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 admit I I was called Arlington who was in, with the FA, FAW it was he was yeah, uh, assistant at the time and he said oh you you'll be a good coach and I said oh I said I've never it was you know it was twenty five I've never even thought about it. So I end up listening to him when I'm doing my C and my B and, and I loved it from there. I'd never thought for a second about coaching till then. And it, once I got in there and, you know, I, I openly admit I went back to Everton to try and do a little bit more for, for, for the sake of money, for the sake of money to 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 pay the bills, to get through. I was at a bad time and it was just my escape. It was just the type of um, type of delivery, type of enthusiasm, just a bit of a little bit of an escape. It was I was I was someone else. I was someone else for a few hours that I was coaching because I was forgetting about that reality of of what was going on in my life. And um, once I came through that, you know, found a fantastic missus, got a little one now. And um, once I came through that little bit of little period in my life, I was like, yeah, I just knew, just knew it was coaching what I wanted to do. And 
Um, as I say, if you don't put the hours in, if it doesn't really matter to you, you're wasting your time. I think what separates you from anyone else? So there's how many coaches are out there, mate? Do you know what I mean? But yeah. what yeah. separates you from everyone else? Um, that's what I think now. So as an example, I'll, I'm going to start Spanish in the next couple of months just because it's just, you know, I've got, I've got, I, I know who I am and, and like you speak about before and yeah, I'd like to think I'm real and I'm honest and, um, and, 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 I, and I'm a good coach. My delivery is good. I think my detail is quite good. And there's lots, there's lots to learn, but what separates me from anyone else at this moment in time is another license and potentially, you know, maybe a different language. Um, so that's, I'm always thinking I'm, I'm my own worst critic. No, the manager will turn around to me and say, don't think that was very good today. And I've got no problem with that because I've already thought about it. No, you've got to reflect. I'm the, I'm the most crucial reflector ever. Um, I have a nice drive, hour, hour to work and an hour home, so it's perfect time mm. to reflect. And that's one thing you have to be good at. If you're not a good reflector as a coach, then, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um you're not going to learn, are you? You're not going to learn. You're not going to learn. And and I see so many in my coach education days. I saw so many coaches who and, and Rob. We had Rob Sherman on episode three, and he alluded to this as well. It's really important to try and move people past that personal ego-driven, like you know, refusal to look internal and look at what I did. And I don't know why, mate. I was good at that young. I I I, I could always look at something and go, yeah, you're right. I did that wrong. Or yeah, you're right. I didn't do that right. And I never. You know, I never, I never once thought like, oh no, he's just trying to make me look stupid. Or I never felt that way. I just wanted to learn. I just wanted to be better. I think it was because I came up in the Welsh FA with all these amazing coaches who were clearly so much better than me that I just aspired to be anywhere near their level. And that helps because you're not comparing yourself. You're just trying to learn, right? But you, I think you've made a really important point there, mate. So many people refuse to look at their own practice or their own delivery or their own level of knowledge or whatever you want to say it is. It doesn't have to be coaching. It could be any industry. And they find it so hard to look internal. But there's you now with a huge professional career, worked in professional clubs, running the show now in the academy there and working as an assistant manager at Wales's most illustrious club uh, in terms of able to say, yeah, before the manager even told me, I'd already thought about it. I've already done it. And I remember being young thinking, well, I'm not going to have anybody throw it on me and make me feel that way, so I'm going to do it first. How did you develop that strength? How did you develop that ability to look inside and not have your ego bruised? Yeah, that's, that's a tough one. And I think it's just, I think it's who you are. I think it's who you are, mate. I think it's just within you. I think it's that, when you you know, you spoke about honesty, I'd, I'd like to believe that you know, I, I am quite, you know, quite an honest person, quite an honest coach. I think I've got good connection with with players and and staff and I think it comes from that. I think it just comes from honesty, really, mate. I think you can kid yourself all you like. You can kid yourself all you like. Do you know what I mean? Um, the manager might turn around to me and say, "Sarge, we've you know last this stage last year we'd scored 14, 15 set plays. You know we've scored three at the moment. Like, like what's going on?" And I'd be like, "Well, I know, but bum bum bum." And I love the stats. You know, something I always think about, something I'm already thinking about. Well, expected goals actually is is this, 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 or we're missing this deliverer, or we're missing this, these two attackers of the ball, or something already on, something already. And I think when you speak about coaches 
going on and 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 kicking on to the next level or or whatever, mate. I think it's huge. It's huge. You're going to really struggle to to move on. But when you speak about you know what what it takes to be a coach and and move forward, you know I haven't got all the answers. I certainly haven't got all the answers, but I can only give speak from my experiences and and I've been lucky enough to to have quite a few to be honest. Working on to two different managers who were probably complete opposites, you know, mm. type of characters. And one's played at a top top level Premier League. One didn't really play. One was a head coach type who wanted to do you know majority delivery. One was a bit more of a man management type who wants to step step back and assess. So again, it all comes with experience and and you're learning every day. And that's that's the beauty of it. All these, I think there's too many times Goffey now where people go right. Where's your goals? What's your What's your short term goals? What's your long term goals? So load this deal, deal change. Deal change. Yeah. You want to tell me, you know, my initial my goal in five years might be to be a manager. And I wanna yeah. I want I wanna be on a touchline, mate. I do. I want to be on a touchline yeah. in front of ten thousand people. And once I've done that for two years, do you not think I'm I'm gonna want a fifty thousand? Yeah. Hundred percent to be changed all the time. But people chase it too early. People chase it, they want it too quick. Yeah. It'll just it'll come when it comes. Just keep doing the right things every day. Um, practice what you preach, mate. I think you you know people say they're doing the right things already. Again, it comes with honesty, doesn't it? You know, you can do the right things for two months of a season. What's the point? Yeah, mate. I I couldn't put that any better, mate. And like this is again another reason why I just had to get you out there, mate, and show people you know how hard this industry is, how great this industry is, and everything in between, and. I, I just think you're not going to succeed until you've got to that level of understanding that you're at now. You're not going to, you, you might have some success. Yeah. You might win a game. You might, you might, you know, you might be in a good team in a good moment, but in order to be the best you that you're going to be in this industry, you've got to get to this point um, that you're at now. And you, you, you alluded there towards kind of your role here at TNS. Now, obviously we'll, you know, you, you, you run the academy, you, you're looking at the players coming through, you're in charge of all that. But I think there's a lot of people listening here would love to hear more about how you work as an assistant manager, how the role of the number two actually, how do you be a good number two? Because I've had many assistant roles in my career and um, it is different to being a head coach. You are making different decisions. So how, can you talk to us a little bit about that dynamic? Because you've obviously done both roles as well. Um, you know, what what makes a good assistant coach for those out here in the American market or maybe further afield? And what is a good assistant manager? So yeah, I was thinking about this the last couple of days when you know, when, when you touch base and I think when when you break it down on a day to day basis in a full time role as 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 a as a manager, I think you the decision the amount of decisions you have to make on a daily basis that you don't even know about. Terms of who's training, what are we doing, what order are we doing it, who's doing the gym. There's 24 lads in the gym, they can't all go together. What groups are doing what? What are we eating? What time are we eating? Um, young pros, which ones of them do we need? So and so has asked for loan players. What do we think on this? So and so needs a pay rise. Honestly, mate, there's when you break it down and think about it on a day to day basis for the manager. So I think the 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 main thing I, I, I kind of put it down to is how many of those smaller decisions can you take off the manager without him, not without him knowing, but me just going, right, this, 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 this sorted. Do you know what I mean? I think if you can take 50% of those really small decisions away and he trusts you to do that, 
and you've both got an understanding of right, I'm gonna run with this all the time and just take this off your off your toes type thing. I think that's one of the main things that I've learned over the probably the last two or three years is really helps and, and makes run makes things run smoother. In terms of the detail of what you actually deliver, that's up to the that's up to the manager. As I said, there was a head coach who delivered loads and they'd give me one or two little bits to do every day. Um now with with this manager at, at the moment, you know, deliver things, most things day to day, take take care of the numbers, still doing the attacking bits of set play, do the opposition analysis. So this in terms of the detail of what you're actually delivering day to day, mate, that depends on on who you're working with. But those relationships, I think, if you can take those type of little decisions away day to day, I think, I think, yeah, it helps massively. That's huge. And look, this, there's there's going to be a lot of people listening, right, who are either working in the game or aspiring to work in the game. And they may be at, you know, maybe volunteering their time a couple of nights a week, or they might not be in a professional environment at this stage. But they can still work on these skills that you're talking about. They can work on, um, they can work on looking at a situation. This is what this situation needs. This is what it requires. This is the conversation needs to be had. This is the problem I can see coming in the in the future if nothing is done. How yeah. can they how can they continue to develop those skills? Forget the where does the six go in a diamond formation. Forget that stuff. Right, we talk about that again. But how can they develop those skills? Because that seems to be the major part of your day. If you're not on top of all that stuff. The whole house is going to come crashing down. What can they do to develop that? Yeah, again, again, more experience. Go and expose yourself to as many of those situations as you can. If you if you're coaching part time, can you do a little bit more somewhere else? Um, I don't know. Like for whatever reason, as a system, maybe you just get a swell for things a little bit more. Maybe maybe people are people are more comfortable mentioning things in your presence. Maybe you know you can you can squash things a little bit quicker. You see someone who's Who's fuming once once a chat with the manager and you can kind of get round them and say you know what what's what's up with your type thing and 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 you'll 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 hear it straight away and maybe you can save the manager a job or point him in the right direction where that meeting doesn't need to happen maybe it does need to happen but maybe you know you can you can just put your little spin on it where where just to try and help them out a little bit and Goffy half these things you won't even see um there'll be things that need discussion. And you don't need a pat on the back because this isn't your time yet. You know, you'll get a time. Whether you want to be a manager, some people just want to be a number two, that's fine. It's, it's an unbelievable job. And if I'm doing the right things and we're successful, and that needs all these little things to come in place and, and, and you know, move in the right direction. If we're successful, then, you know, the manager might be successful, get a move somewhere else. It might be my opportunity to go with him. It might be my opportunity to stay. That comes from being successful. We're not successful at our level, you know, I'm not coaching at the top level, Goffy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a decent level. It's, yeah. I, want, I, I want, you know, I want, I want more. But yeah. if, if as as an example, I lose this job, then would I get another job in full-time football as, in the English system, for example? Who knows? Mm. Might not. You know, it's that fear, isn't it? You know, we done the, we did the boot camp, didn't we? That fear yeah. of yeah. being at rock bottom been there. You know, that's yeah. why I do. That's why I do more. That's why I'm always doing more. Pushing. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I um, you, you refer there to the boot camp. I've I've mentioned Drew on the on the podcast in recent episodes. Drew Broughton, 
uh, unbelievable, amazing work he's doing out there. You can find him on LinkedIn, social media. Just search the Fear Coach, and you'll see his posts and the work he's putting out there. Just a really refreshing take on authenticity and vulnerability, and I would advise everybody uh, to seek him out and, and to look for that stuff. Both Sarge and I have been through that boot camp, and I think for the two of us, coming from where we come from and, and perhaps the backgrounds that we have, it unlocked something in us both that um, you know was always there, but it, it made us feel more more comfortable to share and to be our authentic self. And, and ultimately, you know, if you find where you belong, it's that old U2 song, mate, and it still haven't found where, what I'm looking for. Yeah. I, I constantly play that in my head. Um, but when you do find that, that opportunity of where you should, where you should be and where you belong, um, you, you're much more inclined to, to succeed and to take it and to be uh, everything you should be in that role. Uh, you mentioned there, I want to go back a little bit. You mentioned there the not needing a pat on the back and the work you do perhaps in the shadows, right? And I think this is a huge part of it. I don't think enough credit goes towards this of understanding, not only doing the work and actually making things work and things that people will never even see, right? But also the strength and the fortitude it takes from you to every day work that way, knowing that you just solved the problem or you just put a player back on track or you just generally did your job really, really well. And there is no three points at the end of it. There is no contract extension. There is no immediate ripple of applause from the fans, maybe that players get or even, you know, managers get if they're standing out there in the technical area. That's something that you obviously understand. And I don't know if enough aspiring coaches or young coaches or even people in assistant roles hold dear because maybe they don't see it that way. How do you do that? How, how have you got to that stage where that is your fuel? Because if you can share that magic, that's the magic source, man. And people can take it or leave it, can't they? Yeah, yeah. People can take it or leave it. You just said it there. You just put it perfectly to lead me on to it, to be honest. There is no three points at the end of the day. There is no, there is though. Do you know what I mean? There is. There actually is. So that's all you as well. And and just because it may not feel like that, and there's you know you're not responsible directly responsible for that three points and that well done and stuff like that doesn't mean you cut corners. So you cutting corners there is the same as when you're going through your B license when you're coaching at a different academy and you're on your way up and you. Do we, do we need to give him that detail? There's a player there who's just done this. I can help him by doing this. Oh, no, I can't be bothered. It doesn't doesn't really mean anything. I need to move on to the next one. But that's exactly the same as as, as that, really, um, wherever that may be. So me, you cutting corners in assistant manager just because you're not getting a you know a, a pat on the back or him seeing it or anything like that, that's that's exactly the type of thing that's not going to allow you to, to go on and... and, and mm and coach where you think you should be coaching. Um, mm -hmm. It comes with getting up, a, getting up at six o'clock in the morning, get to footy for half seven, getting the goals out, setting up. I want to be set up before the players get in because yeah. Yeah. the proper the proper players, the, it matters to them. There's a, yeah. You've got a cracking little squad and it matters. They walk past the tunnel, past the pitch, and they look out to see what we're doing. Yeah, I know if that's not and set it, up, that's not slack, slack, and they see you walking out with cones, you're not set yeah. up, that it matters. These are the standards people don't see me. And I tell you what, that we had um, we had Kevin Murphy, who's the head of recruitment at Arsenal Women on, and he was talking about the concept of the hidden hours, right? You, when you go into this industry, you don't realise maybe, or the successful people understand the hidden hours, that not, not just the hours where you're in the office or you're on the field or you're planning or preparing or in a meeting. You have to get up at 
6 a.m. to do that. You have to be in. You have to have your, your stuff ready. You have to, you, you know, it, it, it takes extra time and effort on your part. And that's a, that's a, that's a contract that you make with yourself that I'm going to be this person regardless. I mean, it's the pure definition of um, integrity, isn't it? I'm going to do this in the, in the darkness. I'm going to do this, you know, regardless of, of who sees or who does what. And I'm pretty sure every environment I've ever been in, that's the guy I've been. And it comes at a personal cost, man. Like less, again, when I set, when I set this up, I was like, we've got to have real conversations that people can, you know, really know what it's like. And you've mentioned there about the personal cost to you and, and how it affected your life. And I totally understand that. Like, you can't be at home with your kids and doing the extra hours. You can't be, you know, at home present all the time when you're thinking about what you have to do next. You can't be all in. And lots of high performers struggle with it. Lots of people in our industry really struggle with being at home and 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 giving everything they're supposed to give on the private side as well. And, and I don't think that's a bad thing for us to accept. Yes, we've got to be better at it. Yes, we've got to balance, got to be right. But... You can't, I think you, you can't do it any other way, can you? I'm, I'm looking at you now, mate, and I know you can't do it any other way. And there's so many people out there listening who won't be able to quantify that feeling or understand that's why they are, but you're giving them a right today to understand their passion and their professionalism and not make excuses. Like you've got, you know, you've got to make the right choices for you as a person, but you know that and you are making that apparent for everybody listening. And that's a strength, mate. Yeah, it's, <laughs> well, yeah. Um, rock bottom, a divorce, and all kinds. Yeah, yeah. lends it yeah. to that. Mate. It's just, it's you know, it's it's you you learn, don't you? You learn. Um, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say I've been with been with me missus now for you know seven years again. So, mm. um, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say I've changed too much. I've just more aware now. I'm more aware. And again, we were taught on the boot camp army about about it. But bottom line is you're never going to get to where you know what you want. I think you're chasing as being as being as an ex player, it's that buzz, isn't it? It's why a lot of players um, go down the gambling route or the drinking route because it's it's yeah, that yeah. chasing that buzz. And um, yeah. one of the the first real buzz I got off it was was the first goal in the youth cup semi final about three years ago. That was the first feeling I've had as a coach mm. when it was like, oh, that was it. That was scoring a goal. That. That's what and you're chasing that again, aren't you? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what it is. But in terms of those those hidden hours, it, it, it's there's no there's no cap on it. I'll give you an example. Last, you know, deadline day, um, we've got a we've got a recruitment team. It's just a part of it. I'm not going to turn around and say the recruitment team haven't haven't done the job, so I'm not going to look for players. So basically, our our, our number nine scored 75, 80 goals last two seasons. It needed a growing operation. So we've known for three or four weeks before the deadline closes. Um, didn't get one over the line. I've found one. Got it done. Deadline day. Centre forward. You know, that's not my job. Mm. Realistically, you know, the recruitment team brought quite a few players. Didn't feel they were right. Didn't feel mm. they were quite right. Found one myself. Got lucky. Scored seven mm. and seven. Um, that's not my job. But it's going to affect directly affect my job. So that that's a... Perfect example of those probably hidden hours that we're talking about. I could quite yeah. easily be in the man to turn around and go, they haven't brought one in. Well, that's not yeah. going to help us. That's not going to help yeah. us in any way, shape or form. It's not. So, it just, talk- Do you know what? I, I, I see this all the time. Sorry to jump in, right? But I see this all the time in real life. There's been two times in my life. And again, I promised authenticity when I started this. 
I didn't think I would share this, but I'm going to. There's been two times in my life where I've been out of football, right? One time I chose, I was like, I can't do this anymore. I was in a youth game. I wasn't aligned with how the youth game is going here in, in the States. I was out of work, right? And I went to work on a building site. I was a, I was a, um, basically a, a contract manager for KB Homes in Jacksonville, Florida, right? No, no idea what I was doing. No idea. And even now, right? Now, as I record this podcast with you, like I said, I'm working security in the evenings, doing whatever I got to do. Right? I'm out of football. That's the way it is. You got to be, you got to be comfortable with where you are in life, right? You can't turn around and say that's not my job. You can't turn around and say that's nothing to do with me in our industry. You can't turn around and say it's somebody else's fault. You are where you are. It is what it is, and you come through it. And that's, I think, how you develop. The, the ability to be at the World Cup one day and maybe work in security another, right? But you've just said it there. You don't get to turn around and say, that's not my job. You don't get to turn around and say, uh, you know, like some people in regular life do. And we see this all the time in industry and business. Sometimes people in an office or in another job, they turn around and they quite happily say, then they do with me and they go home. If you do that, the whole thing fails for everybody. And that's the difference in our industry, isn't it? Yeah, you look you look at the day to day role of you know full time, full time coaches. How many things could you say that about? That's not my job. Yeah, That's my job. Yeah. How many things? Yeah. I spoke about twenty odd decisions there. Um, that the manager makes day in day out. Because mm. I don't get a pat on the back or get the three points or my name's not the one in the paper. Should I just leave all that? I just just deliver the bit of the session they're meant to. No, it all matters. It matters. Um. Yeah, it's just, and it's who you are, and it's you know you've you've been at a top top level. You've been a good coach. You're a good person. You you'll be back at that level, no problem. You're doing things that you you need to do. Yeah, and I don't think it's a bad thing for people to hear because you know it's not just you know it's it, it's not just you and I or and everybody goes through this in their career. Everybody goes through you know, a setback or, or they get fired or whatever, right? And and not enough is talked about it. We all we all see, like I said, the social media stuff, the success, everything else. But it's really, it's the other side to working in professional football and working in football. And like you said, sometimes, mate, you might have done a great job. You might have prepared the team perfectly. You might have done everything you're supposed to do. But somebody else's opinion is, well, I want to go in this direction or I want to do this. And that's it. And I don't know that enough aspiring coaches understand that this is not an industry where you're going to get what you want just because you want it or even if you earn it yeah would, would you would you agree with that yeah i think there's a lot of coaches there's a lot of coaches who expect things for whether they've been at the, the club and you know the the, the finishing the career and they, they want they want an easy ride they want to just mm. got no other qualifications they want to they want to stay there and coach there's there's other young coaches who feel like you know, the coaching academy for part time, whatever, and then the 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 duer the duer better role or bigger role. You know, I was at Everton on the fringes. I was in in development centres. I was filling the odd group. You know, there was coaches there. I thought I think I'm a better coach than him. I'm not going to say that. You know, I'm not going to go go around to to the heads of phases or whatever and say I should be doing this. I should no. It'll happen when it happens in terms of that. But I think yeah, it's it's it's. It's, it's impossible, mate, isn't it? It is, it's, isn't it? It is. <laughs> why would anyone? Why would anyone get into it? Who knows? <laughs> yeah, it's one of them things. It's, it comes from experience, mate. Don't I think? You know, 
I I I have I say I have learned I have learned when it's getting too much and to be to be honest my missus will let me know when it's getting a little bit too much she she yeah. will she will but you know with with, with the X situation it's someone turns the and says you know you haven't got time for me when when you're in your final year at uni you're on your A license and you yeah just moved into a, a nice house and you you're gutting it and you think yeah no shit. <laughs> all of a sudden you find yourself coaching going to footy in the morning helping the builders yeah. letting the builders in going to yeah. Everton in the afternoon and going to the library till two in the morning and repeating that that's you know that, I'm not going to let that happen again whatever it is it's a totally different mindset mate to nine to five work just get up go to work Try and you know I've I've seen it I've seen it in recent times now obviously in this stage of my life right I've seen it I've been in the real world and I've seen people go into work spend thirty minutes just preparing to get ready to sit at the desk whatever it might be trudging in and out of Amazon like whatever and look honest days work honest days pay nothing wrong with any of that stuff if that's what these people want to do right but there's a lot of people out there who are unfulfilled and not relishing and not doing what they dream of doing and they having to do other jobs. And these people are struggling, and you can't you can't switch it off in our industry, can you? If you're coming into this business, you've got to be that way all the time. You can't just dial it in, and you're not going to just dial it in. And it does come, as I say, as a, at a personal cost and a personal sacrifice. When, if I can delve into that just real quick, mate, when you are at the edge or on burnout, or you're you know that it's been a particularly tough time and you, you won't drop your standards for a second and you know this work needs to be done and you know you need to put in these hours, you said you're better now at noticing that. Are there anything you do yourself, like in those moments, are you aware that you like manage it now better or or do you still not manage it well? Because you, you have no choice. You know, you have no choice but to be you, you know? Yeah, I think I still don't manage it great. I still don't manage it great. But... I've got the baby now, so um, that's that's one thing I can do. I can I can walk through the door and throw my phone on the side, and and even just for that half an hour, hour, just grab the baby, see the missus. You know, I'm still not a great talker. I'm terrible. I'm awful. She goes mad all the time. Um, I feel like when it gets, you know, when things do get a bit much, I don't want to speak about it. Um, and it's you know that's that's a problem I've had for a long time. Um, yeah, for whatever reason, I don't want to, don't want to bring it up. I want to switch off. I just want to stick the tally on. Yeah, you know, want to sit with them. Avoid and it. It's 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 no good. It's no good for anyone. Um, and and yeah, and I, I, I do still struggle with it. But even for you know, if it's that half an hour, if it's that hour with the with the little one, and then it just you know, the innocent aren't they? And she's. She's laughing away, yeah, and then yeah, I'm, I'm back on it. It just it just helps a little bit, and that, you know, whenever like that, I've never been a good talker, and, and you know, me and Miss, Mrs. Fall out on a regular basis about it, but uh, <laughs> just how it is, that's who I am. You know, we've got got a lot of got a lot of positives as well. I'd like to think, yeah, man, yeah, that's one of the uh, that's one of the you know. But it's how we it's how it's how we came up as well, mate. Isn't it, you know, the world's a different place. In the 90s, 2000s, and I think what we're doing now, or hopefully what is happening now, you know, we're normalizing this idea of, okay, the first thing you've got to do is accept, I'm not great at this. You know, 20 years ago, I think it would have been even impossible to say what you've just said. I'm not great at this. Just wouldn't have said it. 
Like the, the, the coaches I played for as a kid, I don't think those coaches would have said that. I don't think they would have admitted that and probably to their detriment, right? And in time, as we go forward, we'll probably get better at managing ourselves. And as a profession, we'll probably get better at managing some of these pressures that we have to deal with, right? Um, because like you said, the stockbrokers and the Wall Street people and all the business people and the London the business people, they're all doing other stuff. They've got their own vices, you know, sometimes illegal or whatever it might be, right? That's not us. That's not football. Um, so the fact that we're even sat here now having this, you know, we've got you on. You, you Sarge, to me, what represents everything good about a real football person, right? Live, breathe, in your blood, play the game, coach the game, live the game 24-7. And if you can turn around and say, yeah, i got to get better at this. I'm not as good at this as I'd like to be. I understand that this game takes a hell of a lot of my life and my impact and my energy. And I want to be better for my family and I want to be better for myself. And I still want to be in the Champions League. Then you are now making it okay for everybody else listening to think, wow, yeah, because you don't have to give up on your dream and you don't have to give up on your vocation and you don't have to not strive to be where you want to be, but, but you can maybe do it better. And that's why we started this thing, mate. Yeah, well, hopefully, yeah, hopefully it uh, resonates with a few people. But I think one, what I think I'd say one thing I am getting better at is, is obviously you've got to oversee things, you've got to, you've got to manage people, you've got to manage coaches. You know, you question, you question whether people want it as much as you or or whatever. And and I've been, you know, critical of that of that over the last few years. And and I, and I eats me up inside a little bit of, oh, he's, he's not doing this, he's not doing this, but I've got a lot better at that over the last probably year to 18 months. If they don't want to do it, they don't have to do it. It'll bite them on their ass one, at, at one point. I can tell them this, tell them this, because at some point they need direction. You know, you have to put things in place. And if they're not going to do it, they're not going to do it. So I've got a lot better at that. It's just, yeah, other things sometimes that eat you up a little bit when you walk through the door and, and uh, you just, yeah, for whatever reason, mate, I don't know. So well, you just want the best, mate, don't you? You just want the best for them. See, the biggest part of this industry is your whole job is you want the best for someone else. Yes, yeah. of course you want to be successful. Yes, of course you want to achieve your own professional goals. But your whole life, mate, and especially in the role you're in now, is about making other people better and making other people succeed. And when they don't want that for themselves, it must be hard. It must be a real grind. But it is, isn't it? 100%, yeah. Yeah, it is. But I'm going a lot, lot better now. That's one thing I will say. A lot better going mm. right. Don't waste your time. Yeah, I waste my time on a lot of other things that that, that don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> that have to get done as well. Can I can I quickly go into that with you, mate? About leadership and management. Like, how, what advice is there, or, or how do you do it? Like, how do you how do you get someone to follow you? How do you get someone to buy into you? How do you get someone to even listen before you can impart that knowledge that you have. Because it's a human interaction, isn't it? It's not just about you telling them what you know. Yeah. There's a lot of, like when you speak about where we go wrong with coaching in the past and, and there's, mm. you know, in terms of structure and this and that, I, I do try and put structure in place. But when when you ask me what I'm good at and what do we do, I don't know, Goffey, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I just do what I think is right at the time. I might be wrong, but one thing I will do, if it's not right, I'll apologise and go, do you know what, I got that wrong. Mm. got that wrong. Um, that's all I can do, I think. A lot of the staff have seen me play for the club for a long time as well. 
so they probably got yeah. that for the respect of, of of that way. Do you know what I mean? I think yeah. uh, on the coaching staff, the first team staff, is you know, which has been quite successful the last couple of years. So a lot of the a lot of the coaches in the academy have seen that as well. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe just respect of of what I've done, or you know, I like to think it's it's who I am as well in terms of actual leadership and all the bullshit. What type of leader this? I don't know, mate. I don't know. Yeah. You know, it doesn't need it. It doesn't need a definition, mate. Because ultimately, it comes down to are you relevant? And and you know, look, you you're being a little humble there as well. I know people who played for you and work with you, and th- what they say is, you just get it, even without having to be a. You know, you don't need a big song and dance. You don't. You just get it. You hit the you hit the tone. You hit the point. You got your finger on the pulse, mate. And sometimes that means you do X, and sometimes it means you do Y. But every time you make a decision, every time you coach the players who play for you, they. They, they are coming from a predisposition of he just gets it. He's lived my life. He knows what I'm going through. And yes, of course, you have the, the qualifications in the background to give the knowledge that they need as well. But there are two types of people in my life, mate. I've said this before. Some people go through their whole life without ever getting that level of intuition. They just don't get it. They just don't have that. And it's hard, like you said, for you to put your finger on it and say, well, this is what I'm really good at. When what you're really good at, mate, is you are super relevant in the environment that you're in. That's why you're having success. That's my opinion. I like it. I'm, I'm glad the came on here. <laughs> glad just, just on that point, you know, we'll give an example of, of you know, modern-day coaches and video and, and all that. I think using an example tomorrow, you know, won't be doing any video tomorrow just because I just feel like, you know, you get a smell for things, you do a lot of opposition analysis, you do this, you do that. And just feel like sometimes you don't need them playing a certain team tomorrow. We played six weeks ago. Who's gonna look at looking in terms of set plays? There's nothing clever. They just whip it in the box. We've we've done this week in week out. You know, is that is that me being sloppy? Is that me being complacent? No, I'll put put them all in the group. I'll assess little bits and pieces. I'll give these specific markers. What what type of runs does he make? Does he make? But the reality is, did he need to sit in front of a a screen again, 15 minutes, he did it four or five weeks ago, did he need to do that again? Just get a smell for things that, you know, you don't, you don't, do we need to do that again tomorrow? So you'll have the information, especially in our league, a lot of teams are part-time and they set up similar, yeah. you haven't got time to work on all kinds of different set plays, just goes in the box, so what are you actually saying? Stand there sometimes and think, what am I talking about here? Yeah. Sometimes you're just doing it for the sake of it, yeah. Sometimes you're just doing it for the sake of it, yeah. I'm with yeah. you, Matt. I um I think a lot certainly in my younger days, my twenties, it was it was a lot about like what I knew and what I wanted to get across. And the more I talk, the better the players will be. And you know, in your thirties, you realise like that's not it. That's not the magic at all. That's not that's not where it is. And I still think a lot of coaches. We've had people on the podcast who you know top players who come on and say it's still happening now. And I think we have to have a different conversation around what an expert is. Me, an expert is someone who, yes, of course, has the background, a horse has the qualifications, of course, has the experience, but they just meet the moment. And that's what you're describing here. You know, knowing not to have an analysis meeting tomorrow versus do they need to go through this? Those are the wins. That's where you win the games. I think so. You're not going to lose tomorrow just because someone doesn't... They know their role. You can't make that decision unless you're comfortable they know their role. But those are the wins. That's where high performance is really done, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I'm going to say about, you know, 
I mentioned really early on about doing the right things and that's just something that always sticks in your mind. That doesn't necessarily mean it's it's that you know that specific structure every time it do the right things tomorrow might be do you need a break from that? That element tomorrow that, that might be it. You know, we've done we've done no shape today. That's not me getting complacent, that's not me doing this. We played them four weeks ago, you know exactly what they're doing. Teams mm-hmm. at some point tomorrow I'll have a minute or two with nine or ten different people. Um, might just be in passing. Won't be. Might not be in the office. One or two bits might be in the office. You know, in the hour and a half the, b- before the game. But, but yeah, just because that's how I feel. Feel is tomorrow. Um, that's how I feel. That's what I feel it needs tomorrow. So, get beat three 0 like. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's the it's the magic that you don't really get taught any of that. You know. Oh, we've both done our licenses, man. You don't get taught on the courses to have individual conversations or what to say or how to frame it and, and when to pull a play and when not to. And and people get this so wrong, don't they? Like, you think about just pulling a player. You pull a player in front of six other players. Immediately, those six players go, oh, that's it. Oh, here we go. Like, And now you've created a situation when you were trying to do something right. If you don't think about every little thing, like how you do what you do, you end you end up not only not getting the desired impact, but you create so many more problems because that's real life and the nature of a dressing room. And what you're going to do tomorrow in pulling those nine people and the words you're going to have and the conversations you'll have, that in itself is an expert at work. Yeah. That just doesn't happen off the cuff, mate. Not enough people know that, you know. I just need I just need thirty seconds to a minute with yeah. a couple. Don't forget this. Don't forget this from last week. Yeah. But they will. We've got family. They, you know, think you can overdo it massively, mate. You can overdo it. I think. Yeah. I won't mention. I won't mention your coach. And I've got a lot of respect for him, hundred percent. But it's to know in the place and the players as well. I've been there for a long time, and you know, one one head coach came in and said he'd been told in the past to get round every single player every day, and I thought, yeah, no, no. I'll do that. He's like, he'll hate you after after a month. No <laughs> chance. Of- yeah. <laughs> But it it does feel like, mate, though, that sometimes maybe somebody's you know read something out of a management book and and well, I'll just use that technique then because that's what Simon Sinek is saying on TED Talk about how you lead people and and it's not authentic, is it? It's not. It's not. It's not. It just doesn't fit. It just doesn't work. And I don't think you can just bring those principles. Yes, read all the books you can, watch all the TED Talks you can. Of course, we all do that all the time. But you can't just have an idea of this is how I deliver this, and then it doesn't work that way, does it? There's a lot more to the delivery of it. I got, I, I get the meaning behind it. I get the, you know, the connection with players and stuff, but, but it's just, it's just forced, isn't it? Just forced yeah. into the so much. It was pulling him, pulling him, and look, it was that's that's how he wants to do things. It's no issue, but I know, you know, <laughs> I know very well that it was it didn't go down too well with a lot of people. Some people don't need it. Some people don't need yeah. the, the, the ego massaging, the big connection. Some people are just look after themselves. There's players, there's a couple of lads there, senior pros. Don't really say anything to them sometimes. You know what I mean, yeah. they respect you, play with them, you respect them as players. Um, yeah. Just, yeah, it was just a little bit more. There's a balance, isn't there? You know, there's that emotional connection and and a lot being done about it and the mental health and stuff, which which I do agree with massively. But just getting the balance right. Yeah. That's the magic. That's the magic, mate. And I, I learned that for me at Cardiff as, as a as a younger coach. When I went to Cardiff in the apprentice environment under 18s, we had 20 lads every single day and they're all different. And, you know, I started off by trying to 
like you said, be everything to everyone. And then you start to realize over the years that this kid doesn't need this. This kid doesn't need that. So, you know, by the time I went to England, I was ready for that. And I was, I met the moment in terms of like, right, this is what this needs. This is what that needs. And I was comfortable not, you know, being the main person in everybody's story. Like if I'm here, if you need me, I'm not, if you're not. And, you know, you don't have to force that issue. Do you know what I mean? And I think if I've had any success, it's because of that understanding. Let's get into the Champions League. This this idea of, of a Welsh team qualifying for the Champions League. I remember being at Jenna Park as a young man, watching a Porto team, Barrytown, in the qualifying round. Wales has this relationship with the European competitions where we're always in the brink of qualifying and the dream is one day that a team will make it to the to the group stages. Obviously, that's the major, major objective for you at TNS. Can you talk to us a little bit about this special relationship with European football and... and what it would mean and, and just tell us all about it. Yeah, I think straight away, if we're being honest, Coffee, I think the Champions League group stage is, is, is going to be really, really tough in it. I think it's a long, long way away. And I think to do that, then the whole the whole league and, and stuff is going to have to be, you know, rebound, restructured, and that's going to take, take a long time. It's, everyone will have to be... I think you'd need more teams. I think they'd all need to be full time to start attracting those players from 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 across uh, across the border. So you know that's that's a long a long way away. Uh, I'm not saying it's not doable, hundred percent, but um, I think if we're being realistic with these with the new with the new structure now and the conference league coming in, um, that's that's going to be the main one in it over the next next few years. I think Mike. Mike Harris, the chairman's got that um, earmarked in the next three, four, five years, whatever it looks like, which which is realistic. There's a few Irish teams have creeped in there. A couple, you know, Shamrock got the Europa, Europa League before the Conference League came in. Um, so, yeah, it's doable, especially with the way the format now. So, basically, if you win the, win the league, you're in the Champions League first round qualifier. If you win that, then what happens then is you go to, obviously, Champions League 2, but if you say, for example, you lost that, you drop into the Europa League and then you're going to drop into the Conference League. So you'd have to win two ties out of four. So um, it's definitely doable if you win the first one. Unfortunately, if you don't win the first one, you drop straight into the Conference. So you work, you've got your work cut out there, your Conference League, not the Europa. So, uh, which is might be a little bit confusing, but you'll, you'll, you're basically, if you don't win the first round Champions League, then you, you miss, miss one competition out. Our seedings are quite good, so it's touch and go whether we'll be seeding or not. Unfortunately, last year we got drawn against FC Hacken from Sweden. So they were. What happens is the um, you accumulate points, European points, a coefficient points. So teams from who've won the league, you know, year in year out, they accumulate quite a lot of points. Uh, unfortunately, Hacken were Swedish champions for the first time, so they had really low points. Which meant we were actually seeded and they weren't. But, uh, we did well. I think this got beat. Was it got beat three one away and then at home we were we were probably the better team to be honest. Went for a little bit second half. We we end up losing two 0 late on, but we probably the best better uh, better team. So again, when you talk about reflection and learning from things, I think we can go a little bit more toe to toe than I think we've we've done in the past few years. You're always cautious of what these teams have gotten and how you how you approach these certain games. But 
I think last year showed us we can go a little bit more toe to toe with some of them. Um, and and yeah, I think looking back three years ago, we played, we got beat on penalties in the Czech Republic by Pilsen. Um, that was obviously you know two ninety minute game was it? Couldn't separate us. Won four two at home. Got beat three one away. Conceded two late goals. So it went to penalties. Um, and then yeah, we were out of that. That was Conference League third round. Now the year after, they made the Champions League group stage. Yeah, Victoria Pilsen. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Barca, Bayern. Who was the group? Barca, Bayern, and Inter. I think was there. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, later. <laughs> and then, penalties. Yeah, little old TNS went five five after three and a half hours of footy. Um so that's when you know that's when some of the times you look back and go, have we done that? Do you know what I mean? You're not far yeah. away, not too far away. Yeah, that was yeah. two years ago. So we're still moving forward. Last year wasn't great. Um but yeah, look, these are this is what you're talking about when recruitment needs to be right, this needs to be right, S and C needs to be right, your gym needs to be needs to get fitter, needs to get stronger. To still look at them principles that makes us TNS and you know home games. We've been brilliant in, in home games over the last six or seven years. Um, it's a difficult place to go, and the chairman's now built that stand and stuff to get more mm. into there, which means basically means you can hold an extra round of Europe. So you need certain seats. Yeah. Each certain amount of fixed seats. So Pilsen saw us to go go away to Cardiff. So effectively, you know, you're away from home for. Yeah, teams that are that are you know a little bit superior to you, so it doesn't help mm. either. So what the chairman's done now is allow you know I think it's three conference league games to be to be played at home. I think so, which will help. Um, so again, it's all just little steps, little steps in the right direction, and and you know TNS will be there whether I'm in, I'm there amongst it or not. TNS will be there in the next five or six years, mate. They, they definitely have rewritten their own chapter of Welsh football, domestic football, and they continue to be pushing the envelope, I know. Um, so, moving into the future, my friend, um, obviously, you, you, you know, committed to what you're doing now and, uh, you know, you've got this huge project on your hands. Will we see you at some point in the future step into management, step into the Football League, like into the National League? Is that is that the plan when the time is right and the opportunity comes? We'll see how that looks. Yeah, it's it's you know I'm 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 delighted what I'm doing now. It's it's a good place to be. You know the project speaks for itself. And yeah. um, enjoying things day to day. Obviously, oh, there's always going to be frustration in everything you do, isn't there? Yeah. I think when the time's right, yeah, when the time's right, how that looks. I want to be a part of this European project for the next few years. Um, that could open all kinds of doors. Who knows? You know, as you say, the first Welsh team together European group stage. Of, Speak volumes for everything we've done over the last few years. I think, I'm, I'm, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens, mate. I'm I'm patient, and this is this is what I'm meant to be doing at the moment. I'm I'm in no hurry to to go and chase things like I mentioned before, didn't I? You know, I got to ask you as we sign off with where you are geographically, and I know you've moved a little bit, but I've got to ask you about Wrexham because. I know that's a bit sore, but there's a lot of people in North America now know about Wrexham because of the documentary and Ryan Reynolds and uh, everything that's going on. And you are, is it 20 minutes, half an hour? How far is it? Probably 15 minutes, mate. 15 minutes. So on 15 minutes on your doorstep is is the town and the club of Wrexham and everything that means to 
the North American market, especially now with the Netflix series being huge. Uh, but seriously, has that has that had an impact on where you are? Has it impacted football in Wales? And and what's your take on all that? It has, Andy. It has, of course, it has. Um, we've been so close, and it, it, it is touchy. I'll be honest, it is touchy. Yeah, there's a, <laughs> there's a lot of different elements to that, which which have affected us. It's great. It's great for the area. It's it is it is good. It is good. Um, the kids are buzzing. Um, yeah. It's a, it's a kind of it's a really good area for players. Wrexham. It is Wrexham and the surrounding areas. It's it's North Wales is good. It's good for you know there's talented players there. There's a lot of um, academy. There's a lot of academy clubs fighting over players, and then obviously Wrexham come in, so it makes it a little bit more difficult. But um, that's just another challenge. Just another challenge. There's no point moaning about it. How can your program be better? You've got you've got other priorities at the top end, haven't you? Of going up the leagues quicker, so probably not the focus at the moment, which is which is allow, allowing us to to keep some of the better players. But um, yeah, when that challenge arises properly, then. We'll, we'll take it on the chin and we'll... Uh, take it on. Yeah, let's see what happens. We'll just get better ourselves. Mate, I, I can't thank you enough for the time you've given us, for the for the honesty, for the vulnerability, for the insight, for just speaking from the heart and just giving everybody uh, a sense of what it's like to live your life in this game, this game that means so much to so many, to aspire and to also have your feet on the ground of where you are and to do a great job of where you are. I love your advice about not chasing things, letting things happen as they happen. And I think a lot of uh, people out there will, will will draw strength from that. And that's the whole reason that we started this in the first place. So from everybody here at the Pro Player Podcast, Sarge, wishing you, TNS, Welsh Football, everybody the best. Uh, and can't wait to see how it all pans out for you, my friend. No, I appreciate it, mate. Really enjoyed it. Good speaking to you.